Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's Sweeps Week, baby. Time for the big guns. That's right. This week we're talking about our favorite guns. <laughs> Griffin is wearing an elaborate costume. Yes. In honor of Sweeps Week. Unfortunately, uh-huh. you won't be able to see it. Well, I'm the fun man. The I'm <laughs> Mac, My name is Max Fun, and I love to boogie board. Oh my gosh, why haven't they done that? I love boogie board and tapas because mm. I'm Max F- Maximilian Funzeberg. <laughs> And today, today we're kicking off the Max Fun Drive. Well, the Max Fun Drive's been going on since Monday, but we're kicking it off yeah. in our own special way, yeah. whatever day this episode goes up, because we're recording it late, because our infant baby, let's just say, not a team player in a lot of ways. Not like Brother Printer. Not like Brother Printer, not like Rug, Yeah. not like Lamp and Lamp 2. Like, There's a lot of mm-hmm. the elements in the studio that are all coming together to create a cohesive whole, and Gus is not one of them. No. I would say he is, it drains a lot of our ability to do the show, both literally and figuratively, but also he makes it tough to record. Is he, is he moving around? We're watching him in a baby monitor right now. This is so not ideal recording circumstances, but we're going to. He's okay right now. We're going to carry on and be brave and put on a brave face and talk to you about the Maximum Fun Drive because it's a special time of year for us where we ask you if you enjoy uh, this show and other shows on the Max Fun Network to consider uh, becoming a member and supporting us so that we can grow our shows and continue, you know, making them our livelihoods. Yeah, no, it it makes a huge difference for our show and all the shows on the network. It is audience supported. And so once a year we say, hey, we really want you to be part of our Max Fun family, and yes. you get all sorts of cool stuff if you do. That's true. You get bonus content. You get other awesome gifts and stuff. We're gonna yeah. talk. We're gonna talk more about them as we go on. But the link is maximumfun.org/slash/join, uh, and then you can choose which shows that you want to uh, directly support. And uh, yeah, we we would appreciate you checking out that link if you like our show. If you we know it's a weird and still not great time for a lot of folks coming out of uh, a pandemic, by which I mean still being very much in the pandemic. And we yeah. fully understand that it's been rough on us as well, not being able to you know tour or you know I'll do a lot of things that were integral to our our uh, careers. But uh, yeah, if you, if you can, if you're able, and uh, you know you feel the spirit move you, maximumfun.org/join. Do you have any small wonders? I do, and I know that I talk a lot about ice cream on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Benjamin and Gerald, yeah, have created a uh, a dairy free ice cream. Yes, uh, that is remarkable. Several, several. I mean, all of their essentially core Benjamin and Gerald flavors mm-hmm. are represented here. Like the whole spectrum: fish food, chunky, yeah. chunky hubby, all the, all the, all the jammers. Yeah. You can get them all in dairy-free format, which is mm-hmm. exciting for you because you're living a dairy-free life right now. Yeah, just kind of in a precautionary way. Uh, as uh, we mentioned, uh, Gus is a angry baby. Yeah. And so I decided I'll sacrifice more to yeah. please him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's exciting. I've been eating the regular straight-up Benjamin and Gerald for the first time in my life because I've never really... I talked about this with you off off mic, and that we were very much a, like mom would buy a three quart tub of, of like she sherbet or like just basic. Can ass. you imagine buying individual pints for a family of three boys? Yeah, no, you're right. All we all we deserved was vanilla briars. 
was essentially Well, I just think, I mean, if you wanted to wear clothes and have ice cream, I yeah. feel like you have to cut costs somewhere. That's a fair point. Um, I'm going to say Infamil gas drops. I talked about them on Vim Bam. They're really good at what they do. You can give them as much as you want to a baby that farts a lot and the farts make him angry. And we give the drops to Gus and he chills out a little You're bit. You're saying Infamil, but I think it's... Uh, oh, Infamil is the, uh, the... That's formula. That's a formula. What is it's it It's Mylacon. Mylacon, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, uh, it smells good. It smells like candy. I've been curious to try it myself. I'm a man who... Yeah, what would that... Gosh, what if would that work? What would it if do? that worked for you? There's stuff um, <laughs> that you can pour in like the, like for hot tub pool maintenance that like if it gets suddenly bubbly, you pour like a few drops of this thing in it and it just kills the the bubbles on top. I wonder if that's what's going on with this with this uh, this medicine for babies. Oh. But anyway, just any sort of foothold we can get on making our <laughs> child less of a, um, like just a broken car alarm, uh, the the better it is for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've we've both been at this sort of manic late night sleepover energy vibe for like two straight weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fun. Like, it's fun to talk to you in this state. But I also recognize that I shouldn't be making like major life decisions or <laughs> I shouldn't be getting any tattoos right now because my yeah. mind is like yeah. on whatever the opposite of the limitless pill is. Griffin has had to go to the bank for weeks now. And we just keep thinking maybe tomorrow will be the day. All right, let's get real. I had a few days in a row where I was like, I'm going to take a shower today. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, it's been, hygiene's not been, I would say, a top priority around here. No. Um, and that's, we're a stink household, and that's fine. Because mm-hmm. sleep is above stink in my heart and my head. <laughs> um, do you want to go first or should I? Because it's been so long since that has been a factor. I would like you to go first, I'll actually. go first this week. And again, we are switching to a one-topic-per-person format uh, for the time being uh, until things become less hectic around here but i am going to kick things off by talking about and this is a sort of holistic coverage that i like to do in my journalism um i want to talk about captain crunch wow yeah and it's been a while since i've eaten captain crunch which you probably know because i'm not a big cereal head the only cereal i really eat is honey bunches of oats because i tell myself like this is healthy for me when it's it's probably not. And, and today, oats. today I did do the thing where I poured it and I, the box ran out and there's only like half a bowl in there. So I did put some ancient cinnamon toast crunch that we have in our cabinet for some reason as mm-hmm. like, you know, sprinklings. Yeah. And it improved the honey bunches of oats dramatically. <laughs> but man, when I was a kid, I loved Captain Crunch. And I, I'm not, I don't even want to talk about the the pleasurable eating experience of Cap'n Crunch as much as that it like represents this bonkers world of over-marketing and world-building that exists, yes. especially within the cereal space, yes. and especially during like the 80s and 90s that I find so fucking funny and fascinating. And so that's 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 the subject of my coverage. Yeah, today. and I wanted to quickly say for for serial enthusiasts that somehow listen to our show and not the Empty Bowl, I would encourage you to check out the Empty Bowl. Yes, uh, uh, the world's premier serial yes. podcast. <laughs> um, so, Captain Crunch, the the flavor and like actual cereal ass cereal that you put in your bowl was developed by a flavorist named Pamela Lowe in 1963, and she based the what? How would you describe the flavor of Captain Crunch? Because I haven't thought about it until i read this i haven't had Captain crunch in a very a long time because like anytime i have a sugar cereal it comes in that variety pack right you know? and you don't see Captain crunch in you that don't variety Under, pack. underrepresented a lot of cocoa puffs yeah yeah uh i mean i am just thinking like a like a sugar 
it's <laughs> based on a recipe that Pamela Lowe's grandmother made uh, that was basically just brown sugar and butter poured over rice. Isn't that interesting? Like, I bet that would be good as hell. Yeah, it sounds like a little like like porridgey, a little porridgey. Yeah, so that's mm. that is what the flavor was based on. And then uh, a guy named Robert Roundtree Reinhardt Senior. That's Love it. really good. Led Love an R and D team to manufacture like Captain Crunch the cereal based on this this flavoring, and in doing so, came up with a new like cereal technique that kind of changed the game. Where the flavor of Captain Crunch is the that flavor payload is delivered via an oil coating on the cereal itself, uh, and that's what helps keep it crunchy for for so long. But it was sort of the first cereal of its kind where like the flavor was not baked into the thing. It was coated onto the thing after oh, the crunchums okay. were, were okay. created. Uh, Pamela Lowe also helped make the flavors for Mounds, Almond Joys, and Heath Bars. Well wow. done. Well done, Pamela. Um, that's great. What I love about Cap'n Crunch, though, is that Quaker Oats had this whole marketing plan and a character, mascot, and a name, and a story put together well before the cereal itself had been developed. <laughs> That's what's amazing to me about Cap'n Crunch is that Quaker Oats knew they were going to have this fucking tiny 18th century naval captain <laughs> in a little, little bicorn hat, uh, whose name, by the way, is Horatio Magellan Crunch as the mascot for inter-cereal here. Like someday we'll have a cereal that will live uh, up to this, see, this gentleman's now name. Now, who is this for, right? Like... Like the tricks bunny and and the the diggum frog, right? Like that's that's for kids, right? right? But the ship captain, there's something that speaks <laughs> to an adult with that, right? Yes, ooh, ooh naval combat, yes. interesting. Like I I support our troops. Not only not only like do they love that mascot so much, they love him so much that they made his name yeah. the serial name, which is wild because it's not called Tricks Rabbit, yeah. it's not called Lucky the Leprechaun. Yeah, and the only other thing you get like this is like what Boo, Boo Berry Count Chocula, where it's like the character is the thing. Yeah, I cannot think. Smacks, I think Smacks the Frog was the name, but it wasn't named out anyway. Smacks the Frog was named after Smacks the Cereal. I think we can all agree about that. <laughs> but Captain Crunch was a, the the creation of the yeah. Quaker Oats marketing team. I never and thought about that because it's patently bonkers. Who does that? Who makes that decision? It's the wildest shit ever. Yeah, like uh, I want to eat this man. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this is my favorite paragraph I've ever read. It's from the wiki article about Captain Crunch. <laughs> According to the Wall Street Journal, the character Horatio Magellan C Crunch captains a ship called the Guppy and was born on Crunch Island, a magical <laughs> island off the coast of Ohio and in the sea of milk with talking trees, crazy creatures, and a mountain, Mount Crutchmore, made out of Captain Crunch cereal. The article refers to Captain's bicorn as a Napoleon-style hat and <laughs> claims that this has led to speculation that he may be French. According to Crunch Facts, a website dedicated to the mascot, Horatio Crunch has a perfect 200 IQ. <laughs> Why do we need this much? I there's a lot there. There's there's the island, which I'm very interested in, because yes. that suggests that there are maybe You're other mascots to come from that From island. Crunch Island, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there, I mean, there is there are more characters <laughs> that I'm going to get into here a, a little bit later. Um, also off the coast of Ohio? 
Yeah, it's, I think that's fun. That's just fun. I think that's fun. I like that. That's just fun. <laughs> uh, the original tagline for the commercials for the cereal, like they had such a strong premise. This is a small man on bicorn hat. His name's Captain Crunch. You're going to love his cereal. <laughs> the original tagline that they used in commercials was, it's got corn for crunch, oats for punch, and it stays crunchy even in milk. That's a fucking mouthful, Quaker Oats. That is. That's that a was swing a big and a thing. Mess. That was a big thing for cereal. Like, like your ability to maintain your integrity in milk. Was right. Just checks. I remember number checks. one. This is the only thing checks. <laughs> checks and uh, checks mix and staying crunchy was like the only thing checks had to hang its hat on. It's kind of like M and M's. The whole melt in your mouth, not in your hand. It's just like our product is not defective, and we're telling you that from minute one. <laughs> Another thing about his outfit is that he has bars, like uh, officer signifying bars, on his jacket, uh, <laughs> and four bars is captain. But he's also been depicted with one bar, which would make him an ensign or an ensign. I never really sure how to say that word. Uh, he's also been sh- shown with three bars which is a commander. So I don't actually think this dude like went to the Naval Academy or served. I think this is stolen valor. Um, That is interesting because they created this character with this rich backstory, but then they couldn't be bothered to to actually give him the appropriate credit. So you mentioned what other characters came out of the Crunch Island. There is a whole Crunchiverse uh, here. Uh, Captain Crunch had a crew of children that worked on the guppy named Alfie Brunhilde, Carlisle and Dave, and together they helped fight off Jean Lafoot, which is a pun on Jean Lafitte, which was an old pirate guy, I guess. And Jean <laughs> Lafoot was a pirate who wanted to steal the Captain Crunch series from is. the guppy. Uh, there was also a story arc in the 80s where an alien like species called the Soggies came to Earth and they wanted to Sogify everything. That sounds familiar to me. Uh, they are, there was a leader called the Sogmaster who, who led it, and they were basically little blobs of sentient milk. Uh, which is horrifying, but Captain Crunch obviously was able to hold them off with their incredibly resilient cereal. Um, it's just so much. It's so much. <laughs> there's so much lore here. And Captain Crunch is not the only one to like have all this. Like, Look into Toucan Sam and his family and his adventures and the, the, the trials and tribulations that Toucan Sam has gone through. Uh-huh. It's its own cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, Captain Crunch, like, it was plot forward. It was plot first, serial second, and to, to a degree that I do not believe any other serial has Now, do you have any intel on the Crunch Berries? Oh, Rachel, that is the next, exact <laughs> next bit here that I've prepared. Captain Crunch came out in 1963. Four years later, 1967, Quaker Girls was like, actually, all this yellow cereal is boring. And so <laughs> Crunch Berries were born. And they were just red starting out. And they're just little red spherical bits floating around. I don't around. think I have had the Crunch Berry. Oh, the Crunch Berry is exceptional. Over the years, different colors of Crunch Berry were added. Then they started doing like weird little Crunch Berry clusters for a while. And then Quaker Oats said, fuck it. We're doing all berries. How are we going to market this one, though? Because we're <laughs> essentially excising Captain Crunch. Oh, I didn't realize this was a Captain Crunch thing. I always thought Oops All Berries was, I don't know, wasn't wasn't affiliated, I guess. Wild. So you thought that just... The name of a cereal that came out. This is wild. I don't know how you get there because it's like, it can't be like, oops, Fruity Pebbles. Because then what's the oops about? Like there has to be something, there has to be a mistake well, that I was knew, made. I knew that it came from a, like a, a, a 
head cereal like it was a spin-off right. i just didn't know oh, what the captain spin-off Crunch. was yeah, yeah it was it's it, it, they it, so successfully excised the captain that i like had forgotten about his existence right and the plot was that there was a uh oh at the captain crunch factory yeah. i guess and yeah it just made the crunch berries and mm-hmm. people went absolutely wild this was such a big part of my childhood and um as as such i feel like we've all said the words oops all berries out loud so many times that it's lost <laughs> sort of the yeah. novelty but yeah. I, I would i would encourage everybody to kind of like purge that from your mind and try to think with the child's eyes that there was a product put out there called oops all berries <laughs> and how incredible that is i want to return to m&ms and suggest what if they had taken peanut m&ms and just gotten rid of the m&ms and just said oops, oops, all, peanuts. oops all peanuts it's just a bag of peanuts this is also what's <laughs> weird because there's kind of a mandela effect thing happening here where i i genuinely remember all the great times i had eating oops all berries but it was introduced in 1998 and discontinued the following year and it's wow. only come back for like little short runs like seasonally i definitely did a vine where i ate oops all berries like in austin so this was like you know 2013 2014 maybe and i was eating them and i said like you do not need to apologize for this i remember making that vine so like i know it came out again at some point but it's just like it's not like a your off court buddy like it's just like there for you sometimes and it was only there for one year in my childhood wild when i was 11 years old yeah because i like oops all berries like that that is that is a touchstone <laughs> yeah i know i think but it just... some people of an older generation have the moon landing yeah for and us we... it was oops all berries <laughs> twix oops all tried berries. to chomp that flavor a bit because twi- twix started to do like oh no we put two left twix in the same packaging yeah. get the fuck out of yeah. here because you don't have the courage to actually make a if you had done one where it's just like oops all you get's a bag of caramel <laughs> then maybe we could maybe we could talk, but you don't have the the courage of your convictions to stand by that. And Captain Crunch does. I just love it. It's a marketing forward food product. Yeah, it's a mascot forward food product, and that I cannot, I genuinely can't think of another example of of a food product that is so lore centric. You feel like you are eating the cereal version of the cartoon Captain Crunch, which I love <laughs> and I think is amazing. That was incredible. Yeah, thank you. Um, hey, can, can we talk about the Max Fun Drive for just like a second? For just like a little bit? Maybe we can tell folks about like some of the great gifts that they can get if they become members. Do you right. want to tell them what they get if they just join at the, the the starting level of five bucks a month and become a Max Fun high fiver? What do they get? Okay, so this is an incredible entry point, right? Some people are just like, here's a sticker and we're going to mail it to you. But with Max Fun, you get uh, over 200 hours of bonus content from all of the shows. So yes. you'll get a link. You'll be able to listen to all of this additional content. A lot of people are saying, I'm all caught up on my favorite shows. What do I do? Well, not anymore. If you're a wonder- 200 hours. <laughs> if you are a wonderful fan, which I assume you are, uh, for our episode this year, uh, Rachel made a character for Dungeons & Dragons, which is not her. No wheelhouse i have never played uh nor expressed any interest in playing no and and i had absolutely no knowledge going in and so griffin walks me through the process with his masterful hand thank you 
uh, and uh, I create a, a character, and then we 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 play for a second at for the like end, fifteen seconds, and it was thrilling. It was. I think you get it. I genuinely think you get it now. Uh, yeah, if you're a fan of Adventure Zone, we played uh, one shot that Justin's uh, oldest daughter Charlie created uh that is hysterically funny and amazing and good you get everything from this year and all years past yeah so it's if a lot of people like weirdly apologize like i'm sorry that five bucks is all i can do it's amazing that you would come out and support us at all in any way uh like it, it genuinely means the world and also i think you get like the best shit like you get so much bonus content and a lot of it is like really really wonderful stuff yeah um if you want to step it up though ten dollars a month you can become a friend of the family and you get the bonus content every time you move up a level you get the stuff from the previous ones you get a letterpress max fun membership card uh that you can show off to make new friends i guess um but also you can choose one of 38 enamel pins designed by megan lynn cott who has made pins for us uh for the past few years this year for wonderful, it's a porcupine holding a pumpkin and it says, try it. <laughs> a very recent episode of Wonderful yeah. where Griffin talked about the porcupine. Uh, yeah. uh, but you're welcome to choose any pin you want. There are a lot of really great ones. Uh, actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, I think it's Janet Farney has a pin that says, hey, Wonderfuls. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Well, that one works too. <laughs> yeah, you, you can sort of get two birds with one stone there. That's amazing. Uh, do you want to tell folks about 20 bucks a month, the Diamond Friendship Circle? Okay, so $20 a month. You get the Take a Minute Tea Kit. Uh, it is a beautiful tall tea tin that holds loose leaf tea, tea bags, dice, pins, whatever. And then uh, there's a special blend of loose leaf interstellar orange tea, uh, which you can drink hot or cold. Uh, and then a rocket strainer and tray for you to enjoy your tea Uh in the little strainer and it's just a really lovely little tea kit i want this that maybe this is what will actually finally get me into tea is this, <laughs> is this but you also get one of the 38 enamel pins you get the letterpress max fund membership card you get the bonus content um there's other levels on top of that but we'll 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 stop there for now uh and just say that uh the support you all have shown us over the years uh, particularly when we, you know, changed directions pretty dramatically from from Rose Buddies and started doing wonderful has has meant the world to us and has genuinely changed our lives. Um, you know, I was doing shows before, but now this has become like a pretty major part of mine and Rachel's like life. And that's it's amazing. I can't describe it really in 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 such a short amount of time but it's 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 a genuinely life-changing thing this is a big part of my life now and that's only true because of the growth that we've been able to do because of the support we've gotten in max fund drives past so thank you all so much maximumfund.org slash join is the link if you want to become a member uh you you choose the level you want to join at you select which shows you listen to and your 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 money goes directly to those shows and um, think about it. Think about it, please. Yeah, and I would encourage you to select all the shows you listen to. You know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'm only giving $5. I don't want to, you know, spread it out too thin. But it's really important, I think, for all the shows on the network that you listen to and enjoy to, to get represented in your donation. Yeah, absolutely. Maximumfund.org slash join. Thank you. Do you want to do your topic? Okay, so my topic is an exciting topic. Okay. But you don't have to take my word for it. Uh-huh. What? Does that do anything for you? 
That's a little hint. I'm excited, but I don't know what that means. Reading Rainbow. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I don't know that I that I sort of got enough reading rainbow exposure to i mean i definitely watched reading rainbow but it's it's not something i've returned to uh there was there was a little thing you know where the kids would recommend the book okay right yes Mm -hmm. now i remember this Mm -hmm. part of reading rainbow yeah i i loved this show i loved this show as a kid um because unlike you know like sesame street or a lot of like pbs shows it didn't focus on literacy it just focused on like actual love of books and right. narrative, you know? And so they would they would bring books and they would walk you through the story and then LeVar Burton would go on little field trips and like show you like, oh, this book's about dinosaurs and so we're going to a, a dinosaur park. Um, I'm not on Soshi is... Is but I know people have been talking about LeVar Burton. Is he the is he he's hosting the new Jeopardy host? Yeah, permanently or just like for a little bit. I mean, he's been announced as the new host. That's cool. So hopefully for a while. I All think. right, that's yeah. neat. Yeah. So I did a little uh, research. There's a great Mental Floss article on the oral history of Reading Rainbow. Uh, And it came out of this concern in the 70s and 80s of uh, summer learning loss. So this idea that kids are going home, they're not reading anything all summer, and then they're coming back to school behind. Uh, And how do we address that with a television show? That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, How do you address that with a television show that kids are actually going to want to watch? Yeah. And that that was what was really interesting about this is they had a really hard time kind of explaining it and getting funding to support it. Right. Yeah. because it was a half hour show and they were going to feature one book. And so everybody was kind of like, how do you, I mean, it takes like five minutes to read a book. Right. How, are you, how are you doing that? Uh, and so they had to figure out kind of how to address that. Um, and also kind of piggyback on the success of shows like, you know, Sesame Street and Captain Kangaroo and, and figure out how to reach that same audience. And right. they worked a lot with uh, Fred Rogers, actually, Mr. Oh, Rogers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, to kind of figure out how to put this show together. Um, but they they had almost no budget to do it. And it wasn't until they got money from Kellogg's, actually, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting that they could put a season together. But it was just 15 episodes. Wow. Uh, and later seasons were like five episodes like they never had a significant wow, I never, budget i don't think yeah. i realized that at first they blew most of their budget on the theme song which i think we can all agree <laughs> is, is, is a full-blown fucking slap bop yeah 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 yeah. it's so good i was reading about it and they said that they spent the majority of their money on the animation for the beginning of that episode yeah, it's amazing <laughs> Butterfly in the sky. We usually play clips of things when we talk about music, but we don't need to because we can just, I can go twice as high. Just take a look. It's in a reading <laughs> rainbow. So, so part of their budget concern, too, was at first publishers were not just giving them the books, which was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like they didn't, they had to like beg for access to these books to talk about on the show because people didn't understand what a phenomenon it was going right. to be. And eventually like you would see publishers starting to put that sticker on the front, like featured on reading rainbow. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but at first it was like, it was really difficult. And a lot of their first season books were like totally unknown authors that huh. they just happened to be able to get access to. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about them finding LeVar Burton as the host. Cause it's like, it's kind of inexplicable in a way. Was this before or after Roots? It, it was, was at- It was right after Roots. Okay. So they were at a kids TV conference and LeVar Burton was there uh, just coming off of Roots. 
Uh, and they saw him speak and said, like, oh, my gosh, this would be incredible. Um, but how do you make that leap? <laughs> yeah, we watched we watched Roots in like middle school, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember seeing him in a playing a very extremely dramatic role and thinking, like, holy shit. Like that's he was also fucking Jordy LaForge in Star Trek. Yeah. So like that was it. That was it was wild to see to see him without his visor on <laughs> for one thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember being kind of blown away by that. He's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they talked about how magnetic he was, uh, and and they wanted somebody that had that kind of energy, right? You know, um, because the show could be. And I, I don't want to badmouth Mr. Wizard, but he couldn't have hosted Reading Rainbow. No. You know, Mr. Wizard, like, selling a book uh, without the explosions of chemicals, right. like, wouldn't work. No. Um, you need the explosive energy <laughs> of LeVar Burton. Uh, and so so they approached uh, LeVar Burton, and it happened that his agent uh, was a really... Um, firm believer in just children's programming and, yeah. and really pushed it to him. And he he was in Africa and came from Africa to shoot the first episode. Like so, he was like... <laughs> he was like that bought in. Yeah. Uh, and he brought a lot of himself. A lot of what I read was like him trying to figure out who this character was that was hosting the show. Right. <laughs> like down to like, would he put on a backpack this way? Like, would he tell this story? And then there were all these debates about his mustache, apparently. In season one, no mustache. Season two came in with the mustache, and everybody had a lot of thoughts about it. Right. And then also he got his ear pierced, and then there was a lot of conversation oh, about that. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so he, he at that time, he was maybe one of the only uh, like black hosts of a, of a television show, uh, and he made a huge huge difference in the success of the show like they talk a lot about how parents would watch it with their kids yeah um, I, I legitimately cannot i've been sitting here thinking like who else could have hosted that show because it is a yeah. tough but we watch a lot of videos on youtube of like people basically doing bootleg reading rainbow of just like here's a book and we're gonna read it yeah and it's it's it does the job of like getting the information of the book across but Reading Rainbow had this had something extra sort of special about it. Yeah. A, a, a kind of like a kind of like tenderness. Like it felt good to watch Reading Rainbow. Yeah. And that's what he said. Like he, in the interview I read with him, he talked a lot about how he like kind of thought of himself as like a 10 year old, like brought in that like 10 year old mindset of like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to talk directly to the camera. Right. And I'm going to address them at like a level of like a kid. Uh, which again was part of the problem with the mustache. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of concern about like, oh no, is he a dad now? Like we're ruining it. But uh, the other thing they did that I thought was interesting, so they couldn't afford animation for the books. So they moved the camera across the book in the way that a kid would view it. Uh, so to kind of make it more dynamic, instead of just showing the page, they would like move the camera across the page. Oh, interesting. So you like felt like you were experiencing the book as, as a reader. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it was really formative for me. There were a lot of books, uh, that I found out about. So at the end of the show, they would have kids like recommend books, yeah. uh, which were like real kids that they found. Uh, and everybody was like, oh, are you coaching these kids? And it's like, no, nah, I mean, we obviously would like make sure that they were able to be on camera. Um, yeah, I remember some of those book reports weren't particularly <laughs> polished. 
But I remember like watching it and feeling like it was like my like 60 minutes at the time. Like, oh, yeah, I will have to check that out. That's interesting. Streganona. Okay, I'll look into that. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, I don't know. I, I think as, you know, reading is such a solitary and can be such an isolating activity. Uh, and to like find out like other kids are doing it and here's how you find out about it. And it's a kid. It's not like a librarian, you know, it's, no. it's not like a, like a 60 year old person who you feel a little disconnected from. It's like, oh, this is another kid telling me about it. I feel like I learned about Dinotopia through reading Rainbow and that changed my shit. <laughs> that changed my shit. That became like what I sought out at the next Scholastic Book Fair. How have we not done a segment on the fucking Scholastic Book Fair? I don't know. Gosh, All right. Look forward to, to <laughs> me talking about Animorphs. What is Dinotopia? And- Dinotopia was a, a young adult series about a city of sort of neo-futuristic dinosaurs, uh, and there were all kinds of cool adventures in Dinotopia. It was a it was a rad ass book series. Uh, I will just say one other problem that Reading Rainbow uh, had with marketing is there's no like character. There's no Elmo. You right. know, there's no like there weren't they weren't selling little stuff Lavars at the no, store. <laughs> no, they weren't. There was no merchandising. Uh so that that was another challenge for them. Uh it was, you know, it was like a lot of PBS shows where it was like their their real goal was to get kids engaged in books. And a lot of times that doesn't come with a with a Captain Crunch. No. Um, but uh really great, really great show. Yeah. And the precursor to Ghost Rider, I would say. <laughs> which <laughs> is sure. reading Rainbow if LeVar Burton was a ghost um we're gonna wrap up because our son's waking up and that's this is timed out fairly well i would say one last time one last plea that link is maximumfund.org slash join if you enjoy our show and other shows on the network please consider becoming a member uh your support has has helped us so much in the past and you know we love making the show and uh want to keep on keep on growing yeah Um, and and to those of you that have donated in the past or or are considering donating uh or are already listening to that bonus content thank you thank you so much it means the world uh yeah you get all that bonus content at just five bucks a month and there's other you know rad stuff that you can get if you do higher tiers but um, anything you can do, it genuinely to to support us in such a tangible way. Uh, it's this is my like eleventh, maybe twelfth Max Fund drive, oh, man. and every year I am I am despite the fact that I've done it a lot now, I am still sort of blown away by the 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 positivity and the outpouring of support that that we get. It is uh, especially you know not being able to tour and get that kind of interaction with folks. This is this is uh, genuinely heartwarming. Um, he's yelling now, which means we gotta go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week and take care of yourselves and um, love one another. Oh, we gotta go. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.